0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dublin Tech Talks uh, with Icon Accounting. Super excited on a personal note to be doing a show uh, like this today. Uh, I'm talking with Sean O'Connor, who's co-founder of Statsports. Statsports is one of the world leading GPS tracking systems. GPS technology tracking is used for live data and dealing with some of the world's largest sporting brands. It sells to 20 countries worldwide. Uh, and recent um, product innovations moving into the amateur sports. So as a GPS sports fan, uh, I'm really excited to have a talk to Sean today. Hope you enjoy. Sean O'Connor from Stat Sports. Welcome to Dublin Tech Talks. Great to see you. Thanks so much, Gavin.
1: Great to great to be here.
0: Thanks for having me. So, so GPS technology, tracking devices, uh, sport started what 2006, 2008. Uh, did you think the business would be where it is now? Did you think the demand for sports stats would be w- what it is?
1: Yeah, uh, if, if I said to you, right, we had a plan in 2008 and to do exactly what we've done now, I'd, I'd be lying to you. Um, it would be a great story to say this is what we had envisaged, but um, no, it's not. We we started into this in, in 2008, myself and Alan Clark, and... It was a accidental conversation um, on the side of a football pitch in Ballurgan watch watching a match, and um, yeah, we ju- we we fell into it, stumbled into it, but then realised we, we got into something that was very uh, in its infancy in terms of GPS. Um, so yeah, the timing was very very good from that point of view. But yeah, we we didn't plan this, but as we were going along and evolving, we realised that the opportunity was there that. If somebody's going to make a mark in this, then why not us?
0: And and what was the conversation on the side of the pitch? Uh, I I hear a lot of founder stories about we we saw a problem and we wanted to fix it. Was it more of a? No. I really want to know how 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 knackered these guys are and and let's let's figure it out.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh... Well, I, was, I was having a conversation with with another guy uh, who's involved with the Meadham District League, it's now the Northeastern Counties League, and just having conversations around my background. I had just come back from uh, studying, I'd, I'd done a degree in a, a postgraduate diploma in sports injury, sports science, and that, that type of thing. So I was having a, just a, a bullshit with, with uh, Jerry Gorman and Alan interrupted the conversation and uh, he at the time was managing a team in the meeting District League, Clem Muir I think had won the league. He was managing the MDL team, the, the uh, select team and I think, he won't admit it, but I think at the time his his motives were more around well maybe I can get Sean and leverage what he's doing here for my teams as opposed to um, let's make a business out of this. Uh, but then once we had a couple of conversations did a bit of research into what was available, what was out there. Um, um, initially our model was a we were uh, almost like a reseller distributor for a couple of products. So, from GPS was one of them to speed gates and different sports science. We had this vision of supplying, uh, I suppose, a, a, a one stop shop sports science solution to clubs and teams within Ireland. So they're very limited in terms of number of professional teams. So we said that no one's can, can afford to buy these products right now. So if we can buy them and then service teams and lease them um, with my background, going into these teams with it. So that was the initial concept, um, which which changed uh, quite drastically. And,
0: and oh, eight, oh nine, nobody was really talking about GPS or sports stats. And like, I only came on to it probably in the last five years when I got my first running watch and the, you know, been able to see how your heart rate is going, how your training effects are, everything that goes with that. You know, how was that the education part from that? Obviously I was at Leinster Rugby were one of your first people in in and, and the education must have been one of the harder parts or even just getting people to buy into the facts that you can show when people are about to break or when they're at their max kind of velocity in, in areas like that.
1: Yeah, they, I often say when back then when we were going to teams and to demonstrate the product and to explain it, you you, I found myself pointing at the sky and saying it's GPS and it's coming from here because you're, you're explaining the concept and how it works and often people, even you think back then you had a sat nav in your car that you you, that you stuck to your windshield mm-hmm. that you didn't necessarily have, we don't have now, it's in the cars. So even gps on your phone even maps on your phone wasn't even quite novel at that time or it wasn't it wasn't as advanced as it, was it is now but yeah there was an education around the concept of what it can do and then how we we take that and apply it and um, whereas now it's 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 commonplace um and the main thing is now explaining well how we we can make it better how we can make it more applicable how we can make it specific to your sport and tailored and uh, to customize your needs but Back then, there was without question this this concept of well, educating what this because it was it was a new new industry.
0: Yeah, and for people who don't know, I, I was guessing everybody do know it's the, the the GPS packs are the ones in the back of the the vest. Yeah,
1: yeah, you tend to see the little black man bras. Sometimes you could call it yeah. it's worn male, female, multi sports. And um, if we're watching the rugby at the weekend, say for example in the Ireland match, you see the little bump on their back, so they have a little pocket. That's actually stitched and designed into their shirts. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it. The, the people it's referred to as a GPS device, but there's GPS is one of the elements in there. It's 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 key, of course, and mm. it allows us to get distances and speeds, and it can record up to uh, 18 times per second on the GPS. But then it has things like accelerometers. Yeah. So when you flip your phone around and the screen changes, that's the accelerometer in the phone. That's a, in terms of being able to look at. Um, so an accelerometer, gyroscope, magnetometer allows you to look at orientation and, and movement. So our accelerometer can go up to a thousand times per second. And what it can do is it measures every time you're sort sitting on your back when you go up and down or side to side movement and even front to back. So it can tell us things like high resolution information about your running cell. So if you're placing more weight on your left side than your right side, um, or if you've slightly deviated from what is normal for you. Um, that same tech is then used in rugby to measure the contacts and the, and the uh, G-force and tackles and hits. We can identify when scrums happen and, and things like that. So it's referred to globally as a GPS device, but there's a lot of high-resolution equipment inside in that device to allow us to process that data, but also to be able to see it and and, and get it live as well.
0: So your your business, in essence, is a hardware business and a software business. Been, you know. depending,
1: on, depending on who's asking it's there's, there's hardware there's tech there's software there's a whole SaaS element to it and mm-hmm. um, data is a huge part of what we do there's obviously sports is at the core of it from a sports science perspective and conditioning and understanding the performance side and um, so it, it, it's multi-faceted and yeah. you wear different hats but ultimately um, yeah from the, from the hardware from the data perspective sorry from the hardware perspective the tech he, we can't stand still. It's cliche, but like we, if it, from that tech perspective, we have to keep striving to improve it to get better, new iterations, and and being uh, pushing that boundaries ourselves instead of waiting for someone to do it. And um, if we wait too long, someone can pass us out. So that's a, a big driver in what we do as well.
0: I, I was going to come to innovation in a while, but we'll, we'll jump into that. the hmm. The product clearly is different now to where it started. Uh, and you've mentioned already there that if, if you stand still, you're going to be overtaken, you know, mm-hmm. wearables or, you know, sports tech. It's a, it's a, a highly valuable um, industry. I was reading there. It's what nearly six point, nearly $5 billion they're saying that the industry is worth. So, you know, in, innovation for yourself, you launched your new product line last year from, from what I saw, um, mm-hmm. you know, what's at the core of your innovation? Is it, the, the player is it the technology you know is it a combination of both because i know you have some some high profile kind of what, what would you call them sponsors or you know users of, of, of your product and i'm guessing they're heavily involved within your product devolution
1: well, well, well the client is generally at the at the core of what we as we evolve um from the very beginning when we decided we we're going to build our own tech, we uh, got our, our so we established clients using various bits and pieces of technology that were already out there. Um and then we said, well, if we're going to come at this and do our own product, we got guys from the Leinster, rugby, Ireland and England rugby at the time, and um, guys from Manchester United, Arsenal and Tottenham. And we all sat around a table at a, a hotel in, in London and said, Right, if we're gonna do this, how do you guys want to this part to look and how does this need to feel? Because you're you're ultimately the end user. So blank canvas, how would you change this? And how can we make this better? From simple things like reporting at the time come back. So we launched our, our first technology in 2012 and things that we did then that nobody else was doing was just making it so much easier to report, be able to click two clicks and get a PDF report, color coded based on where players are in relation to where you expected them. So it, that evolution is going to, to now, our, our Sonra software, and, and it's 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 a combination of the, the intelligence of the hardware and then how this software can interrogate that to display it. And it, it can't be, you can't show a manager a CSV file or Excel. It doesn't have the time mm. or the space to be able to do that. And sport is really emotional. You've got small windows after a game. If you've won, you might have, a, it's a bit more relaxed. If you haven't, then... He, you can't spend hours or days waiting on feedback because you've already started to look at the next yes. game or the next training. So a big part of our um, thing that we were always aiming to do was to be able to uh, establish and to d- deliver live data that was of a quality that you can make decisions in games and training and be comfortable that the data is, is accurate. So our, like we developed our Sonra and our Apex device to be able to calculate the data on the pod itself so the processing ability needed to do that is phenomenal. So, but we can calculate the data on the pod on the players back, and it's then sent via ultra wideband. Um, if you take a, an example at most of the top training grounds in the Premier League, we will have beacons set up so that they can just walk around. They can have multiple iPads that are picking up the data live and are able to report and feedback. You have an example where players are say doing rehab, and the, the fitness coach wants them to do like right, five sprints at. of your max and they can straight away say yeah you've done those okay now let's move on to this to this so having live data is crucial in being able to make decisions at the right times instead of waiting till afterwards and they're going oh well if I hadn't known that at the time we we might have changed something
0: yeah you must be hated by anybody coming to rehab in a professional sports setting (laughs) there's no hiding place anymore there isn't, and, and, and often in a, because now
1: you can look at it on a watch, you can have a, a the fitness coach, yeah. having a player could be running with them and he can see the guys data coming through on their watch so we can see exactly there and then what they're doing. But it, there is this, and very early days, players were very much, what is this? It's a big brother and it's going to be making sure we do like enough. A lot of times at the very top level of sport, it's trying to make sure that they don't do too much. And um, that you're trying to make sure that yeah. when they cross that line on game day, that, they, that, that they're that they best prepared to do that. That might mean tweaking it to do a little bit more, a little bit less in certain days, making sure you get enough sprints in, making sure you get enough different types of work. So it's not just uh, this concept of, Every, it's the big brother watching to make sure everybody runs enough or sprints enough. It's, it's evolved and become like coaches will have plans uh, over from like the periodizing the training sessions for the individuals, for groups, for position and so on. And at its basic level, our device will give you the feedback to allow you to see, did you do what you expected? Did you get what you expected to get from that session? So um, it's it's normally very well received from, from players who are playing at the elite level are competitive. That's why they're there but in their nature. They want to win, and yeah. they want to be the best they can be. And they all know that if something give them even a couple of percent advantage and an age and improvement, then they generally accept that with open arms. So it's, it's, it's quite good.
0: Yeah, you read people like Paul O'Connell's books and, and sports, stars, they always look for those small gains. Mm-hmm. And uh, this type of technology, 100%, is, is, is that, is those, are those gains. And um, you, you've rolled this out to the amateur setting with, with your wearables and, and areas like that. Um, you know, I, I was watching one of your launch videos on the, the train of somebody running beside you. Has, has that been, has there been a, a good uptake on the, on the amateur side? And, and is it for every type of amateur or is it a kind of an elite amateur you're, you're aimed at?
1: No, it's it's for every every amateur, it, anybody who changes their clothes to go and play a sport. There's a value in doing this, and um, for in my eyes, so it's 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 been it's been really successful. We sold to over 90 countries worldwide, um, and it's it's ultimately, if you think about, oh, as I knock over my phone now, that's going to be good. If you think about. The people who now go out, and I'm, I'm not one of them, um, but I'd love to be someone who's really into running, into cycling, triathlon, the individual sports. Like they've been, there's a huge. Uh, A swell of people into that uh, individual athletics, individual sports, and the the monitor themselves. Cycling have been, uh, uh, I suppose, way ahead of a lot of team sports years ago in heart rate monitoring and things like that. So this is established, and you'll see people now at the weekend out cycling, out running, and they'll be spending a lot of money. I'm unfortunately one of them.
0: Yeah, you are. Fortunately, one of them. Yeah, one of those runners in the morning.
1: And what do you use? Use a Garmin or you use something? I'm, I'm on what
0: you're doing garment yeah so and it's 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 changed how I run it's changed how I um I for the last couple of years when I was playing Saturday football I I I would try and wear it but obviously you can't uh you're not allowed so you'd have to wear your long sleeve and you try and track it and and I I was amazed by the by by the output sometimes and and (laughs) maybe the lack of output after a few times but you can you, you can see how that works for a, a setting where you're trying to, especially be or a high impact sport I where the
1: yeah
0: yeah where you know the person is in red and like I, I, I their commodities that in an essence people these professional sports stars you don't want to injure a prized asset so um, yeah. see we're hitting high heart rates and, and like it. You know, I can see the value of it as a as a as a, yeah. a, a, a bad runner. So I can only imagine that yeah. the more kind of finely tuned runners can see the advantage.
1: But that's it's 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 everywhere in running and cycling, and it's not just for for the elite kind of uh, or sub elite weekend warrior in running or cycling or any of that. It's for everybody because it's about improving yourself compared to yourself. Um, so when you think about that, and it, it's it's consumed that individual uh, sports space. But then you look at soccer from kids through to 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 ourselves who who have played soccer to, into the mid thirties, for example. And um, that is so at every level of, of soccer football throughout from the pros right down. the monitoring it's a, it's a key part of what they do. Um, you take the young kid now who's aspiring to get to that level, and um, if there were... Aspiring to be a cyclist, they'd be monitoring themselves. As they're out cycling, if they wanting to be a runner an Olympic runner, they'd be monitoring themselves. Yet these aspiring Premier League international soccer players aren't doing it yet. But they will. It'll be yeah. sorry, it, it's starting to take it's starting to take control and people are really starting to we can see it in our athlete series uh, is now starting to really get out there. And it's it's a natural evolution whereby it's going to become the norm. The kids will be putting on their boots, the shin guards putting on the GPS and then going out to play. I've seen it. We've seen it at the elite end when we first went to academies, whereby the, the first team had it at an academy. I remember going into the, the kids then and they were like, wow, this is the best. And this is so exciting. And I remember having a conversation. It was probably around 2011, 2012, and saying to the guys then that this like this is so novel to them, but this will become the norm as as they'll put on the GPS as easily as they put on the shin pads. They don't forget the shin pads going out to play football. They won't forget the GPS. And and that has happened in in that elite level like right down through the academies. And that will happen as we look at the kids now playing football because they're they're more accustomed to data than 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 I. I, I yeah. Probably am at my age. They they play FIFA. They'll be more au fait with formations and style of play and high presses and all this kind yeah. of stuff because they're they're just their world is data now from gaming to and, and everything they do. So this is only another step into that space. And kids looking at that on their phone. Here's what I did today in a game. I've been able to share that with their parents as well. Being able to look at where they're evolving and how they're as they grow up and how, as they mature. Um, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's moving that way.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's uh hopefully to be young again. Um, yeah. yeah. So, like your the the business where you are now, twenty eighteen. You 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 ventured to the states. You got your big deal with the U.S. Soccer Fed. Uh, you're in a lot of the NFL sports teams. Um, I think I heard you talk about going into South America as well and different areas like that. Um, what what is you know how's the states been? Have they? I'm guessing they've absorbed this ex- extremely quickly, um, and and can see the benefits straight away.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been it's we've we've had a presence in the US for a number of years, and we've probably um, only started to ramp things up even in the last eighteen months to two years, um, based on kind of the opportunity that's there. It as a as a collective as the US, and it's a generic general statement, they are very stats-heavy, uh, stats-crazy. So this does, should fit in their wheelhouse. Um, uh, over the years, the, the big concept, you look at the likes of NFL, it's a closed sport. You run a play, you expect an outcome that happens, it doesn't, you can analyse it. It's very, uh, the bedrock of their analysis for years has been on that video side of things, being able to analyze plays and being able to prepare and analyze opposition. And that's a key part of it. Um, So the natural evolution to to add on to that was then the, the athlete readiness and preparedness side of things. So being able to have that, so not only have them tactically astute, but being able to have them physically ready to be able to carry out the, the tactics and demands of the game. So from American football through basketball and even lacrosse at university level and things like that, like this, it's really starting to take hold. And um, but football or soccer out there is it's it's probably set up like no other national setup in the sense that the the, the the development academies, um I often say you, I, every time I haven't been out obviously with COVID now in, in about uh, well over a year but you, you, every time I go out it seems to stumble upon another club that has like a, a club that you and I the equivalent of a club that you and I could play for here I play for for Oregon here uh, just outside dock and um, a couple of hundred members maybe and, and kids maybe three four hundred you go out to and there might be ten thousand at a at a particular club and. And it's set up very differently out there, that the registration, the membership, you'd struggle to get five quid off lads to, for the referees of the weekend here, two or three <laughs> quid, whereas out there it's, uh, it's set up in such a way that it's a, it's a part of what to do and it's uh, quite high in terms of registration fees and costs for kids to attend uh, soccer clubs. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a whole world and it's very set up very differently to, to here that you don't have to the extent that you have into the Premier League academies, the MLS are now uh, coming down that way very, very well. But there are loads of big setups outside of the professional ones, and and there's just a world of uh, it. I think it's the fastest growing participation sport in the US. And um, so it's uh, having the the likes of the Premier League, having the US national team, um, the the Liverpool's, Man United, the Man Cities, but all, the Brazils as well, having all those. It just validates us then going into space like the US.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and the gamification of, of stats as well. I'm guessing the kids at, at that underage level would be, you know, I ran faster than you. I'm I've you know I, I say it to my own mates when I'm doing a few yeah. runs. You know, I was just gonna say the kids that
1: even if you went to any Premier League, if you Leinster rugby or you went to any rugby setup. I guarantee you after every session, there's always somebody asking, well, what was my speed? And did I beat him? Mm. Did I beat her? That's the, uh, it, like that, that innate competitive nature in sports people, um, this fuels it as well and fuels you to get better, but to get better compared to, to, to your friends, to your peers. And what the athlete series allows you to do is it allows you to create communities, create groups, create squads or leagues. So I can create a, a little mini, uh, league table and I can add all my friends so I can see where I am placed in respect to them on any given week uh, from week to week, month to month and you can compare yourself then to people of your age group at a national level or, or, um, or even say, the pros for example, so it always getting you the benchmarks and then uh, how to to get there as well
0: Really interesting I'll, I'll let you go soon, don't worry I'll talk about this stuff all day but um, just in relation to your business and and, and something that you know, I think few people be interested in, it's, you know, you, you, you it doesn't seem like you've made many mistakes, but but of the mistakes that you've done or how, how you, your business has grown over the last while, you know, how, how has that been? Has it been organic? Did you go for funding? Uh, I know Invest NI were heavily involved and, and other kind of, kind of businesses like that. Well, what has kind of been your experience in that growth stage and, the, and, and bringing the business to where it is yeah. today?
1: Well, we've, definitely made tons of mistakes and um, there's, there's there's no denying that and
0: uh, I doubt there's a business
1: out there that hasn't made mistakes and that's probably where it's cliche but that's where you learn the most things from your mistakes as opposed to yeah. the successes um, but yeah we've we've um, the vast majority of our growth has been uh, bootstrapped Um, it's been done ourselves it's been done organically and uh, the, we could we could ask 10 people and we'll have a complete split on, some people will say that's a good way to go. Other people will say you should raise money and go quicker and all that. But there's, there's a timing is a huge part of what we do. So we've been really, really happy with our evolution to date. Um, we've raised money, investing, as you mentioned, have been fantastic support throughout the years. And um, So the money we raised recently over the last uh, 12 to 18 months has been, um, as i termed before, strategic investment. It's not just uh, a check coming from some sort of faithless uh, organization. It's coming from, um, individuals and athletes and we've mentioned them, the likes of Raheem Sterling Alex Oxlade Chamberlain um, and, and Phil Foden for example at Man City he's one of who, he's just going to be or he already is uh, a superstar, superstar. Yeah. Um so there's and, and there's more to come as well that we're going to kind of discuss uh, quite soon but those guys they've been wearing them from when they were kids at academy levels at, at Liverpool and Arsenal and, and Phil Foden at, at City and and they've evolved with this technology so it's it's second nature to them. So when we get chatting to them, they can see how it applies to them and how it's so valuable to what they're doing. And I think one of them, I think Alex said that if he had the ability to wear this even pre-academy level, that if he, he was able to talk to a, a young version of himself and say how valuable this is going to be. um, So they, they can see, they get it because it's a part of, it's a big part of the decision-making around their availability day-to-day and their uh, preparation. So they can see how this will apply and spread out through uh, the kids. So um, for those guys to come and to invest in our businesses is, is, is huge. And they're doing it because they, they understand it's not just a, uh, a tick box for them. They can see it and they want to be involved and, and uh, we're delighted to have them on board.
0: Well, it sounds a, a very exciting time. It re- really is. And I'm guessing the next, you've already mapped out the next 12 24 months and kind of, you, you, you have projections that are going very, very hockey sticks.
1: Yeah, that's that's the plan. Hopefully it pans out. Um, it's, uh, yeah, we, you can you, you make plans, you make projections. Um, I suppose that both, we've probably surpassed a lot of the stuff we've laid out for ourselves in the past and um, that we go beyond where we've we've, we've set our targets. Um, hopefully we can do something similar over the next 12, 18 months. It is, it's exciting. We've, we've probably built the last 13 years and we've built a platform which now allows us to kick on. There's um, there's a, there's a there's a, there's a great base now, a good solid base. There's a great team of people, um, and we've we've probably put ourselves in a position for for that jump. And uh, hopefully now with we can see the light at the end of the tunnel with COVID and things like that as well. That will uh, allow us to to
0: kick on. It's amazing you've moved from the side of a football pitch locally to to, to boardroom or, or meetings with, with international superstars. It's a, uh, it's it's, it's an amazing journey and and congratulations so far, Sean. It's been, it's great to talk to you and thanks for your time and best of luck over the over the next few years. Thank you very much, Gavin. So that was Sean O'Connor from Stats Sports. An amazing business, amazing product. Um, something as you can probably tell, some I'm very interested in. But uh, I hope you enjoy. Um, We'll be bringing you some more uh, podcast meetups uh, over the next while. Stay tuned, subscribe, uh, follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.